Hello everyone, welcome to episode two of Keep Calm and Carry On, the, uh, the podcast on issues and reputation brought to you by the AMGA and Hood Innovation. I'm Patrick McClelland and I'm also here, sitting here again again with um, Claire hamilton Bay. Hi Claire. Hi Patrick. Hi everyone. So today we are going to unpack some of the risks that the we have identified and we've prepared for in the plan that we ran through in episode one. So uh, we've got a wonderful expert here in Claire who can take us through a lot of the um, the the nuts and bolts, the technical side of a lot of the issues that are there. And I'll throw in a, a reputation lens, a broader external environment lens on the issues that you as growers need to be always cognizant of and preparing for and thinking about when you're running your day-to-day businesses. Claire, is there anything you want to say up front around some of these issues or some of the, the questions that you know we've identified and we're going to run through today? I think the important thing, Patrick, is we talked about in episode one that an issue that potentially leads to a crisis can either be foreseen and we can plan for it, or it can be completely unforeseen and left field. And the key thing is having the knowledge to preempt where we can. And if we can't preempt, then if it's a real time response, it's having the facts. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about some of those facts. And I think giving listeners the examples, the type of things that sit under that umbrella, um, because anything that can lead to a crisis sits under this umbrella we're talking about today. And I think the other key point to reinforce, given this is an episode two, um, is that any of these things that we touch on today, please give us a call. We've got a system set up to support you to help manage some of these issues that we identify. If you have any questions, any thoughts, something that hits your radar that, oh, that's not quite right, give the AMSAFE number a call. There's people there ready to be able to support and provide advice. And if they don't have the answer up front, they'll go away, take the time to get to talk to someone who's got the answer for you. So we're going to run through these issues today. Um, but yeah, give us a call. We're more than happy to, to talk to you about how we can support you running your businesses. It's a little bit like, you know, we've seen over the last what decade, the be alert, not alarmed, see it, say it, all those phrases, we're applying them in this context to the mushroom industry, that if we have the information, if you make the call, then there are people there to give you advice on how to manage it. So given that, let's launch into some of the things that might keep might keep us awake at night. So we'll, we'll touch on product issues to start with before we go into um, some of the issues that, that affect our people. Um, product integrity, quality assurance, etc., Claire, is there anything you want to start about up front before we start to delve into some of the issues more broadly? If you bracket food safety and quality together, which they generally are, um, pretty much all the businesses in the mushroom industry have some form of system in place, usually customer driven, that provide the foundations of good food safety and quality management. So that's the strong foundation we're working from. The issues that we need to manage under this initiative are when there's something a bit left field, something unexpected. Um, And I think, I guess we explore what those might be. Um, And for me, they're anything from, you know, a detection of a pathogenic organism, a food safety organism, um, which might be an individual business level or at an industry-wide level, although not directly linked to the industry, are things like the, uh, the thing that happens every year, the consumption of wild mushrooms because someone's gone out and picked them, usually in Canberra somewhere cold 
um, and eaten them, thinking they were a wild mushroom when really they were a toadstool. The amount of times that I've known that oh, it must have rained in Canberra or it must have rained in WA because someone goes out and picks a mushroom and yeah, every year. it's You can set your clock by it. So let's start with food safety. What are the key things that growers need to be careful about or be aware of or thinking about more broadly when it comes to food safety? So food safety, as so many of our listeners will have done where they've sat through food safety training courses, food safety is broadly divided up into microbial, chemical and physical risks. And folk have plans in place to manage those three sets of risks. Food safety is one that you could actually say, well, it's a foreseen thing. I can actually, I, we know what the risks are and we have practices in place to manage them. But with the best intent in the world, they won't always be managed. There are pain points where something can go wrong. Nothing's ever perfect. Um, but it really is having the information at your fingertips so that you can inform having the systems, traceability systems that allow you to trace your product. If you do find a problem, the most critical thing is being able to trace that product and identify how much product might be affected. And food safety, the word that often springs to mind when it comes to our industry is the L word, listeria. Now we've had some, uh, there was some quite uh, public and quite focused uh, attention on the melon industry when it comes to listeria. Is there anything you want to impart or talk about to the to the, the listeners out there about what they need to look for. I think from a public relations perspective or a reputation perspective, listeria is one of those words that is like salmonella. It's like it's like a buzzword that consumers instantly flinch from. So whenever there's something like this happens, we need to be very cognizant and very careful to be able to communicate, almost over-communicate to show exactly what's happening and what we're doing to fix it. So is there anything you want to raise around listeria for out there for people? I think in the time frame we have, Patrick, and we're not here to deliver a food safety mm. training course, but yet whether it's Listeria, Salmonella, E. coli, the three human pathogenic organisms that, that cause a food safety related um, in a human context, they come down to the good management practices in place and understanding your process um, of raw material inputs and hygiene in the process and the people component, because people are one of the the, the, the vectors that introduce risk. So it really is about following the plans that businesses have in place. But if they identify through their verification testing that there's an issue, then they should already have, and that's where we can support, a step-by-step -step process that steps through to identify what's happened, where it happened, why it happened, and how we solve it. And as a communicator in this process, the question that I'll be always asking is traceability. Where have those mushrooms gone that might have some allegation or some problem with it so that we can ring fence and we can protect the rest of the industry while supporting the grower themselves with both in terms of communication around whether it is acting on um, traceability or, or, or a recall or something like that, but then also how we can protect and ensure that the broader industry has not got any ramifications around um, yeah, impacts of contaminants or other food safety issues across the supply chain. We'll also always go to quality assurance and the rigorous of safety protocols that you guys follow, uh, that, that, that retailers insist upon for the growers when they are producing the mushrooms. We'll always point to those. We'll also always look to, to, to understand traceability so that we can protect the broader industry from 
uh, any any concerns about food food safety. Generally, Patrick, when there is a food safety outbreak and the analysis takes place to determine why it happened, there is usually a breakdown in process that's that's led to the event. Um, So the critical thing is in transparency, in, in full and complete information, because with that, we can usually solve things quite quickly. Um, it's where there's not a full picture, it's very hard to get right to the root of the problem. And as you say, traceability, every business, not only because of food safety and being able to trace up and down the line for product, but also you need to know where your product's going from a marketing, from a returns point of view, they all dovetail together. So it's all about having the facts. And when you come to having the facts, let's go to more broadly around the importation of mushrooms or the importation of uh, other building components that are required for building logs, etc., for from off, from offshore. Do you have anything to say around biosecurity? What are your views around those sorts of issues, and how should we, as reputation managers, um, you know, be wary or support the, any sort of preparatory work in relation to biosecurity? So there is quite a lot of work going on in the biosecurity space at the moment um, through projects looking at risk and the risk, biosecurity risk, from the importation of logs for production um, through the import of usually exotic species of mushroom and the ramifications of that for either exotics produced here or um, the broader domestic industry. Again, it's all about knowledge, about knowing what's coming in um, and also that interface with, um, with government and regulations to make sure the right controls are in place so that we know what's coming in and we know what risks there are. When it comes when it comes to biosecurity and importation of mushrooms, again, I will go back to traceability. The Australian mushroom industry has enormous protocols and procedures, whether they're exotics or normal mushrooms, um, that it strictly adheres to. We will always look to ring fence the industry from that importation. If you go to your local retailer, they've got the tick that's Australian, etc. It's safe and we'll continually reinforce that. That's why traceability, again, is so important in that space. If we can ensure that the that any imported mushrooms, we know that it's not us, we then can be very definitive about the, the, the need for consumers to buy Australian mushrooms at retail, and we can protect the reputation of the broader industry quite comfortably. Yeah, and I think we've had some great examples in recent times of issues with um, inoki mushrooms, not some in the Australian marketplace, um, imported product, but also in overseas markets as well. And with each one of those instances, um, the problem was the lack of traceability as to where the product had come from and where it had been moved to. So provide that great example that that a break in the supply chain that doesn't give that full flow makes it very hard um, watching the statements are made on those particular products. You can do little to protect a a grower or individual business if you haven't got all the information. So pest and diseases, have you had major pest and disease issues that need to be need to be a concern about communication more broadly? Is, I mean, I know growers will be acting on pest and disease all the time, but what should we as reputation practitioners um, be considering or what should growers be looking for or when should they be calling us when it comes to pest and disease? When it comes to pests and diseases, Patrick, I think the issue there, um, certainly across my radar, I've had no specific issues that would fall into the public domain. 
on pest and disease management, obviously critically important for the businesses themselves. But if we're talking about reputational risk management issues, it's probably more around the use of chemicals and sanitizers and other things we can use in the industry to manage pest and disease and making sure that the right processes are followed, um, the whole process of chemical registration and approval for use. Um, we haven't had any issues, but it is an area that consumers um, are very quick to jump in. Um, fortunately, not mushrooms, but other industries. There are things like the Dirty Dozen or uh, the Terrible Ten. It's a US thing, but they're chemicals. There are products that are found very commonly in testing to be contaminated with different chemicals. Not an immediate one. I don't, I don't think it's the top of the mushroom industry's list, but it's one we need to watch very carefully because consumers are very quick to react when it comes to chemicals. I was just going to follow up and say that if, you, if, you, if you're using the word chemical in a, in a communication sense and trying to protect the industry, using the word chemical, we're in trouble. Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's why quality, uh, the, 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 the integrity of the systems, the, the farmers, need, the growers need to do things right so that we don't have to actually end up communicating about that in anger. Because if we are, we're on the back foot and we're going to be m mitigating reputation risk as opposed to proactively contributing towards the reputation of the industry. So let's move on to sustainability. Now, sustainability, again, I'm in communication and environment, ESG, um, they're just becoming more and more front of mind with consumers. So if we're talking sustainability, the term sustainability in the current environment is used to encompass a whole lot of things. Um, from the food safety and quality we were talking about before, through environmental sustainability, through uh, nutrition and food security. But if we focus for a moment in, in this context on environmental sustainability um, and the inputs that go into the mushroom production process and some of the challenges for industry because of the peri-urban nature of a lot of mushroom producers, that's where we've got to be very clear on the information we have on the mushroom production process and being good citizens in what we're doing. Um, so then when environmental issues come up that, and it's, it's both about the product and the production, um, we can refute if necessary, but provide fact. Um, there's the waste that comes out of the mushroom production um, process. And again, how that's managed. So it really is thinking about the whole supply chain and identifying in our preemptive risk management context how we manage those things. There's then the environmental piece around the sustainability of packaging um, and minimizing impact. So can we reuse? Can we recycle? Um, and there's a lot of work going on in the industry on that. But it's making sure that you as our communicators are privy to that information and are there ready to respond to any issues that are thrown. I actually think the mushroom industry has got a, a really positive story to tell when it comes to these things. The mushrooms are the ultimate recyclers, the way in which they, uh, the way in which their production system works. So I think there's, we've got some opportunity there. I, I will say that packaging is going to be the new frontier, or well, not the new frontier, but one of the key frontiers for the industry. Uh, consumers have very high expectations and very dim views about the use of non-recyclable packaging and we as an industry will need to continually focus in on that about how we um, how we prepare for the future and I know the AMGA 
support innovation and the industry more broadly as a whole array of different things that are uh, uh, they're in place to be able to develop and lead um, some change that's required to get ahead of that because it is something that's coming um, and it's something that's coming that will um, will need to be addressed. I, I think the other key point about sustainability is the the inputs that goes into production. Claire, do you have any views on you know the way in which mushrooms are produced and what do we need to consider in the broader sense of, of inputs in mushroom production? I think the important thing with inputs into the mushroom production process is that we're very aware um, of the source of those inputs and the ramifications of our use of those inputs. And it's an evolving space. Um, we talked right back at the beginning about the science of mushroom production and uh, the medium that's used to produce the mushrooms is so critical in that piece. And we are in an era of change because there are some of those inputs that historically have been used for mushroom production that may not be available to the industry in the future. But we've got to make sure you as our communicator have up-to-date information on all those inputs, the components of the compost itself, the components of our casing and, um, and peat, historically is, is what's been used as a casing medium and there's work going on looking at alternates. So being proactive and actually looking at solutions as well as the status quo is a critical thing in managing any of these issues. And again, as a communicator in this conversation, when I talk about environment sustainability, I see opportunity for communication for the mushroom industry and the way in which it's perceived out there. We need to manage the risk, um, but if we do so in a way that's proactive uh, alongside all the work that's being done, I think we can very, very can, under careful consideration, manage the risk quite well um, and with, with, with constant communication and talking to each other. Yeah, and I think you're spot on. It's the good news stories um, in any process, whether it's at the production end or equally whether it's at the packaging end. And obviously that's the other big area at the moment of sustainability focus. Can you reuse it, recycle it? What's the labelling on your packaging that tells me as a consumer what to do with it? So much fast development happening in that space. Um, and being proactive again as an industry and, and answering the questions almost before the questions are asked. And I think when it comes to packaging, we need to get ahead of that conversation as much as possible because it, change is coming. Change is, in fact, change is already here. Um, the Packaging Covenant and a whole lot of other organisations are there pushing the agenda when it comes to packaging. So we need to be able to, to manage risk by working with industry to get, to get ahead of the inevitable change that is coming and coming our way. Yeah, and with the support that industry's got through this project and through other projects, it's almost inexcusable not to see it coming. It's on the radar um, and that's part of what we're doing here, providing the response to that. And so let's do an overview of um, product uh, and the key product issues for the industry. Is there anything, what's the bottom line for the product itself? I think, Patrick, there are so many systems and mechanisms already in place for the industry to deliver a safe, quality, sustainable product to the marketplace. We've got the building blocks there. The critical issue is flagging when something's not quite right, when something's out of the norm, when something unusual is on your radar, and whether that's through just the process within your individual business, 
uh, whether it's something that's been detected through testing of product, whether it's something your customers brought back to you. It's right back to that key thing we talked about in podcast one. It's about communication. It's about making sure those that can support you know about the issue before it becomes an issue. And from our side, I think there's two messages there. The first one is that we are here to support any grower facing any issue, whether it's product safety or whatever. And we have an array of tools, techniques, and people to be able to support them. The other thing that we will do, though, is we will support the broader industry and protect the industry should there be any issue um, through any aspect or any part of the supply chain. We will ring fence and protect, particularly from imported mushrooms, but more broadly, the broader industry from uh, any broader reputation damage. But we can't do that unless we know about it. So to back to your very first point, please tell us we are here to support and assist um, and it allows us to protect not only your business, but the broader industry as well. So moving into the people of the industry and we're in election year and there's a whole lot of hot button issues out there that can, even though mushrooms aren't front and centre, we could end up being in the middle of some some quite adversarial sort of issues, particularly when it comes to workforce. Uh, Claire, you've been, I believe, up managing workforces through Queensland for quite a while now, over the last little while. What are the things that are front of mind for you when it comes to, to workforce at the moment? I guess for me, there are probably three headings here, Patrick. Um, one is where you've got your workforce, whoever they are, it's about the safety of that workforce. So we're going to talk about workplace health and safety issues. So as they impact our people, um, there's a component of workforce, which is around the fair treatment of workers. And that's an area of real scrutiny by customers at the moment, making sure as agricultural businesses, we're doing the right thing. And whether that's compliance with with programs like Fair Farms or SEDEX or whether it's simply compliance to an award that you're operating under. And then the other one, which has been a huge one through COVID, um, is the the shortage of workers and the, the visa schemes and the initiatives to actually make sure we have enough people. Um, now, with mushrooms, I guess it's probably a slightly lesser issue than it has been for some of the industries that are very seasonal, where they need to go from a workforce of 10 or 20 to a workforce of 300 very quickly and back down again. But those three areas of safety, um, fair work and availability, I think are three big challenges for industry. So I think the good news on that, Claire, is that we've got an array of messaging when it comes to uh, workforce, particularly around the safety of those workforces. And as much as any incident is really, really difficult. We have managed to, we've helped a number of producers, particularly one that had a, an incident on their farm, and we allowed, we supported them both in the way in which they could help that worker who had an incident, and then we also protected them with messaging, support with social media, etc. So we are there to be able to support with that, and we do have messaging around that. When, when it comes to workforce and um, the payment and treatment of workers, etc., Consumers have very high expectations of any wrongdoing here. So we think we need to understand that. And there is a big focus on that across the industry. There's a, a couple of journalists that have made a career out of looking at the way in which the industry treats and engages with its workforce. So it's something that we're very cognizant of and we need to prepare for. And I think helping us in that space, Patrick, 
even though it's, it's another impost on individual businesses, is there is a real focus from a retailer perspective. So those businesses that are supplying the major retailers will in all likelihood have to have gone through um, a Fair Farms, which is an Australian version of, um, of ethical compliance, or SEDEX, which is a, an international standard in that space, putting, making sure the foundation stones are there. So again, a little bit like food safety, as long as businesses have the foundations in place, it makes your task in protecting and advising so much easier. And if someone finds something that they think they're not sure of or is outside the norm, again, a critical area to flag it, to pick up the phone, to say, I'm not sure, it's far better to ask the question than to wait and to be challenged on it. So bottom line, we've covered off a lot of risk and issues there. What's the bottom line for, for, for growers to think about when it comes to managing risk on their farm? Patrick, I think we've, we've covered the areas that risk could be all sorts of things. So don't just pigeonhole it and say, hey, food safety is a big risk. So we've covered the broad cross-section of risk that's out there. But for me, the two messages I've heard through, through our conversation is there's a mechanism to communicate when you're concerned and to ask for help. And that's, I think, our key message out to industry that please do ask. We can support you. And if it's not an issue, if it's if it's not going to turn into something industry-wide, if it's not actually even going to turn into an issue for your business, that's fine. But it's better to ask the question. Rather than escalate into a crisis, because that's what we're ultimately trying to avoid. That's what AmSafe's here for. So to every grower out there, let me just finish by giving you the, the clear message on the AmSafe number. Please give us a call. We are there to assist you. The AmSafe hotline is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And call us 0457 298. We're there to support you. We're there to support the industry. So please give us a ring if you've got any concerns.